The Stavros School of Seduction purported to be located in a buzzy shopping street south of the train line that divided the trendy restaurants and boutiques of East End Toronto from the less salubrious Upper Beaches neighbourhood. As Centurion drove past the supposed address, Darry did not spot any evidence of James's HQ. This was troubling. Parking the car down a residential street, they retraced their route in on foot, carefully checking building numbers on either side of the high street. They approached a cafe with a huge red hand on the sign as they entered the main drag. That's a bit ominous, Darry thought. Who would paint giant no-entry warnings all over the place? It was as if the universe was saying, stop here, turn back. They carried on, past several more red hands, each one adding to Darry's growing sense that he should turn back now, until finally they came to a storefront in the middle of the row. Chipboard panels were nailed across the windows, whitewash smeared the inside surface of the glass, just visible between boards. The shadow of a washed-off graffitied fuck-off extended across the wood. Darry double-checked the address. Oh God, it was this place. Those red hands really meant something. Centurion knocked on the remains of the door. The lower half appeared to have been kicked in, covered from the inside, and there was evidence of some charring near the mail slot. Centurion fiddled nervously with his phone and tugged at his brown canvas utility kilt. Derry looked around and saw men standing outside the orange and purple bannered social club across the street. They weren't there before. There were tracksuits. Some of them wore leather jackets. 
A few had shaved heads. All of them had menacing stares. An elderly man wearing a green quilted gilet lit a cigarette and scowled. A few more had come out of the surrounding stores. One carried a hockey stick. They watched Darian Centurion in silence. The heavy thump of wood and metal being shifted sounded from behind the door. Just in time, Derry thought. Thank God. A portly man in a leather waistcoat with a flat cap forced over gunmetal grey curls squeezed his head and chest out of the shin-level hole. All around the back, boys. Uh, the door is burst. Shake a leg. Message delivered. He forced himself back through the hole and slid something heavy against the door. The lads jogged around to the end of the row, slipped down an alley and along the fenced backs of the shops until they spotted the man holding open the back gate of James's place. Hey, boys, you're here. Uh, the name is Leroy, uh, you are Gary and Kevin, yeah? I'm he. He led them through a yard littered with broken machinery and wooden pallets strewn over patchy yellowing grass and into the back office of the Stavros School of Seduction. This place, du bazaar par ma publishing company, uh, have a newspaper, uh, they found themselves in a dingy room surrounded by piles of newspapers bound with cord and tilting heaps of age-browned printing paper. An old typewriter and a box of tobacco sat on a wooden table. A kitchenette was located under the back window. Chipped mugs and spoons were piled high in the white ceramic sink. A kettle sat on a hot plate. The dim electric light was a sickly yellow, pointless during daylight hours. Uh, without some problems with the local youth, Leroy offered in a half-hearted explanation of the dire circumstances of the office. Centurion slapped his thigh. I'll make some tea then, he announced and set to work filling the kettle and rinsing out cups. So, uh... What's up with James? He uh, told me to come by. Oh, just a sec. Leroy opened a door to reveal a grimy toilet, a huge framed print of the front cover of New York Times bestseller The Game by Neil Strauss was hung on the wall above the cistern. Jim! Jim! Voici tes amis! Qu'est-ce que je fais? A scuffling above their heads, some clambering sounds. Darry watched appalled as the framed print swung aside to expose a postcard-sized slot in the drywall. A pair of bloodshot eyes topped with thick black eyebrows peered out of the hole. Ah, oh, Darry, my boy. Great to see you. You're probably wondering why I'm talking to you from the crawl space behind the water closet. Let me reassure you that this is absolutely normal. 
Unfortunately, I've had a, a, a spot of bother, and there are some people, some might call them um, enforcers of the state, others might refer to them as the fascist foot soldiers of the crypto-Marxist regime currently strangling freedom of expression and our democratic rights. Anyway, currently I am not in such a position that public appearances are advised. So what's going on? Well, Darry, I am laying low right now. I don't have the energy to deal with their legal games and frivolous prosecutions, so it's a shame your visit had to coincide with this. I'm a little embarrassed if I'm honest. I had hoped to host you, but uh, as you can see, we're not in such great shape. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, James. Well, let's get together when things are settled. I'll call you from Bob's place. Ah, oh, Darry. If only such an option existed. You see, I invited you here, as opposed to ringing you up. Uh, the uh, telecommunications aspect is um, a trouble. Uh, you see, Leroy discovered that our activities have attracted some unwelcome attention, and we have had to take some steps. Leroy interrupted. Those bugs in the farms, CFRS are listening everywhere. This is safe. Look, magnets here, here, here. Uh, they broke the listening devices. Uh, phone calls and wireless messaging. Uh, I haven't finished making a Friday cash yet. Okay, well, why don't you use one of those secure messaging apps? Leroy laughed. Oh, bless you, mon fils. No. Uh, you really think those are in credit? No. Le Secret Authority has access to everything. Everything. Let me show you. Leroy picked up a copy of the newsletter and waved it in Darry's face. Let me show you. This last issue, we blew the whole thing wide open. That's why we're in trouble, you see. We outed some public figures, including the former provincial premier, as recipients of funding from the Shadow Government and the Global Banking Initiative. They've been doing the bidding of the Rothschilds for years, and nobody had taken a stand. Until now. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Centurion and Darry needed to get out of here now. Was this why that woman at Passport Control had been so unwelcoming? Was he on a list? Jesus. Derry staggered back and dropped into one of the rickety wooden chairs by the table. So, they know you're here. Uh, are the police watching? Am I being followed? You didn't put my name on your book-burning Facebook event page, did you? Derry, be careful. This is Canada. You have no right to free speech or to defend yourself here. Unlike your sacred document, our First Amendment is the change of the name of the Constitution, and the second is to recognise Manitoba as a province. Damn Trudeau and his lizard accomplices. Okay, well, uh, we've got places to... Uh... James, 
Could you give me the number of that men's therapist you told me about? You know, the one that did the lectures on the cuckolding cowbirds. Ah, my great friend, Julian B. Fredrickson. Yes, yes, his email is uh, julianbfredrickson at tidyyourroom.com. Thanks. Um, well, how about you get in touch when all this has uh, died down? You've got my number, yeah? Derry started walking towards the door. Centurion! He hissed. Block James on everything now! Centurion grabbed Leroy's hand and pumped it enthusiastically. Oh man, it was awesome to meet you. We'll see you soon. Jesus, not if I see him first, Derry bowed to himself. What was wrong with Centurion? He was a human Labrador with a goldfish memory. As Darian Centurion exited the alley onto the street, the man with the gier from earlier nonchalantly stepped into their path and pulled a little pouch from his pocket. Pals with the Nazis, are ye? Casually, he sprinkled some tobacco onto a paper. No, no, no. It's, it's all a misunderstanding. We came to, um, um, we came to read the meters. Derry blurted. Thank God, he thought. Thank shitting God, I'm such a quick The elderly man smirked and rolled a cigarette. Sure you did. Just don't come round here with your racist and homophobic shite. Your type's not welcome round here. Derry tried to put a positive spin on things as he bolted for the car. He'd managed to fit some cardio in today after all. Next time on Return of the King, Chapter 31, I don't know. We join Darry, Mike Oxlong, and Wolfstrider as they help to get Bob's business back on track. See you there!